Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Golf Podcast. You know, Mike, I, was, I actually listened back to one of our episodes, and I realized I say welcome back every time, assuming everyone is listening every week. Correct. And that's not giving any uh, shout out to our, our new you're listeners right, you're and right. viewers. So if this is the first time you're tuning into the podcast, then welcome. But if you're <laughs> one of our regular listeners, welcome then back. welcome back. <laughs> All right. So this is episode number 338. I guess when you do 338 episodes, you assume that some people are, are making their way back, right? But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about an instructional technique here for putting, something that I desperately need to work on and I've been working on hard because I see the evidence right in front of my face. We talked about it back in episode 336, how putting was an important thing for me. But we want to talk about how to get more of your putts rolling online. And speaking of which, if you are new to the podcast, a little background on us. Mike and I, we are not professionals. We're not uh, teachers of the game in any type of way. We are just guys who really enjoy playing golf, learning golf, and then sharing what we've learned here on the podcast. So our hope is that by working through some of the issues that we're experiencing and, and kind of chatting about it here, we can provide some pointers of things that you may relate to as probably similar level golfers and things that you may be able to uh, achieve on your in your own game. So that's kind of the hope here. Um, so we're going to talk about that, talk about getting those putts rolling online. We've talked before about pace. We've talked about um, reading the breaks and reading the greens. They're all such important topics that I'm sure they'll be covered again in future episodes. But in this case, we want to make sure like if you've got that pace and that, that uh, read down, the next thing is that ex uh, execution. We talk about strategy and execution. Execution is then getting that ball rolling online on that line that you've chosen. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to chat about a little bit more in a minute. Um, before we, we dive into that and before we dive into this week's twi Twitter tap-in, I want to thank uh, this week's sponsor, Titleist. So guys, everybody wants a faster golf ball and performance into and around the greens makes a big difference in what you write down on the scorecard. Mike, we talked about that just a couple episodes ago, hitting greens and, and things like that and right. how it translates to mm -hmm. your score. Um, well, speed really meets performance in the new Titleist Tour Speed Golf Ball. Um, Titleist did extensive testing with amateur golfers in developing the Tour Speed's three-piece thermoplastic urethane construction. And that's what gives you that soft feel while at the same time giving you exceptional distance in the long game and that per precise short game scoring control. It really sets it apart from the competition. Um, this is a golf ball that if you're in that kind of mid-range yep. 30 something dollars a dozen type of, of ball and you want something that's going to really outperform that group, you've got to check out the Titleist Tour Speed. Get that Tour Speed or get left behind. And it, it's true. And we, we both tested it a little bit. Um, it's it's not something that's intended to replace the Pro V1 or the Pro V1X. Um, however, like I said, it's in that that sweet spot kind of price range and giving you the performance. It, it is it is a ball and it's it's long. It's long. We it. tried it. Yeah, yeah. we have. Great golf ball. Um, all right, Mike, uh, let's go right into this week's Twitter tapping. Okay. Because I this one is it's it's fun. It's again, it's on that that idea of saying as a community, we're all kind of learning the game together. 
So we like to get your feedback and see what you guys have as things that may have worked for you. So on our this week's Twitter tap, and by the way, if you're not already uh, following us on golf uh, on Twitter, make sure you follow us at Golficity so that you guys can participate in the Twitter tap in every week. But what we asked was, what is the best golf tip you learned from the internet, whether it be YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whichever one? Uh, and what was that that tip? And if you could basically, if you could share that with us, and and I think it's because the internet has become such a resource for golfers over the last five to ten years, we've seen an explosion uh, in a lot of free, great advice. Mm-hmm. But what often comes with free advice too is some confusion. Sometimes we say there might be a little bit too much out there. So as as golfers, you got to be smart enough to disseminate through that and not chase every little thing. Um, but that's not to say that there isn't some great advice out there so um you know what i'm still waiting on by the way yeah and i think this could be the most valuable tip that i'll be able to find on the internet and i'm just waiting for you to create this content because it's you're the one who's going to create it okay okay it's how to get these damn hats clean oh and i know it's something you wanted to work on and because you and i struggle with the uh a lot of people struggle with the old sweat stains and Mm -hmm. we got our favorite hats that we wear out there in the golf course and i just want something that's going to show me how do i preserve these bad boys i got it down to a science i know and i want i got it down to a science i will put something together for you but i will tell you that the number one key is this do not wait to wash the hat right away right i learned that okay if you we the number one thing that ruins these hats is the sweat stains Mm If you wait for those sweat stains to dry, and then that salt is what you see, dry and the water goes away and then that that kind of bakes in, yeah. it is one million times harder to get out. Yeah. yeah. So my process is, is one of the first things I do when I get home from like a hot, sweaty round and I have that, wash it. Have I, you ever tried during the day on the course? Just like water, like halfway through the round to you, get the sweat out? You could kind of like I mean, water look it ridiculous, down a little but... bit. Right. But then, you know, I, I think what it is is that little bit of detergent. Yep, and just I, I will put I'll something. Bring a Tide together. stick out there with I'll me. I'll put something together for you guys. But like I said, I like once it. it's too late. Once you've let that uh, those sweat stains kind of bake in, it's too late. Um, All right, let's see what everyone else has got out there. All right, first one here at Better Than Bogey, Roger K says, "Wait forward, wait, wait towards front foot on chips and short pitches." Thanks, Phil Mickelson. Love it. Uh, which I thought was so cool when Phil was doing those. It, He's not doing them as regularly now, but I, I really enjoyed his uh, his own tips that he was putting out there. Yeah. Because if there's a brain you want to pick, it's Phil's. Um, but this has been I, I I'm glad this was the first one that I saw come up because this has been a big one for me. I have seen so much success with this little change since actually Kevin Sprecker showed this to me at our Vokey wedge fitting, mm. and I've been doing that. And what it's helped me is put a lot more spin on the ball make cleaner contact and make more ball first than ground contact by just shifting that weight a little bit forward. Yeah. Uh, if you're blading your chips and pitches, try this. You might be getting too much of your weight on that back foot. Shift a little bit of that. Even if you even shift it a little bit before the swing to get that feel or whatever, but get that weight on that front foot. Wow, that is a great tip. Appreciate you sharing that with us, Roger. Um what, Mike, else we got what do you got? I need to stand up to you. We got Ryan Donovan from Mike Foss 4. Call 811 before digging. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. That's a tip that he's <laughs> learned a, from me. That's yep. a good tip. Right. Uh, let's see. I found a couple of good ones here. Um, uh, a couple people, including uh, C. Clark, uh, up posted this one. They, they thought this is a particularly good um, video from our guys, Piers and Andy at Me and My Golf. They said uh, these chipping tips, and I can tell you from a firsthand, and by the way, the link is in there if you're following the, uh, you know, at the Twitter tap in hashtag. Um, but 
it, this one that it says it's, this is a game changer. The one tip that will change your chipping forever. So if you're searching for the, the YouTube video, just look for that. Um, I got the good fortune of getting a personal chipping lesson from Andy of me and my golf. Uh, and yeah, there's some things that he can show you pretty darn quick. That'll make a huge oh, difference sure. in your ability to tip he, and, and chip tip. Yeah. You'd be a better tipper. Um, <laughs> but I, I should have tipped him after this. Lesson. Right, right, you should have. But, um, he showed me a lot, a large part of what I was doing was, and, and how often is it that we say it comes down to fundamentals, uh, wasn't quite aligned correctly. You know, I was, I was mixing up my alignment where I had open feet and then, you know, my, which led to me opening up my, my, my chest a little bit. He showed me that all my chips were going to the same place, pushed left. Right. And then he showed me and he squared me back up. So even something as simple and cheap as far as uh, training aid of alignment sticks and just laying them down and just working on that, um, kind of reminds me of what Kevin Sprecher was saying, how it was deceiving, how the club face was closed in that video for with us and just showing like making sure everything was aligned, man. You make sure your everything is in alignment, hips, feet, shoulders, and, and club face before you chip, and watch how much more accurate you get just off of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What else we got? Uh, Casey loves golf, balance, and rotation. That's something we probably brought forth uh, with Sprecker a lot on the channel. He's always talking about the Sprecker effect, balance, and rotation. Probably the biggest bit of advice that I've learned, uh, but in person. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, and he says balance and rotation, put the beer down first. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that will help. Um, here's another one from me me and my golf coach can highlights. He says, turn, brush, turn chipping technique from me and my golf. Which is that's another thing that is just so true. And and it goes back to balance and rotation. I had struggled for a long time with this of a lot of like kind of just breaking the wrists and just using the club to move through, mm -hmm. not turning the body. And and what Kevin had said in that too, he said, even with a short chip, he said, almost simulate like you're trying to play a draw, which seems silly on, on like a, you know, a 10 to 12 foot chip, like draw, you know, right. but he's like, it's the feeling. And he talked about the, the buttons on our polo and he talked about turning them back, you know, down and through the ball. So, uh, rotation is a big thing. I, I've been working a lot with the, uh, uh, what's it called? The plane mate, plane mate, uh, yep. tour striker plane mate. Uh, I like that the, the body and club connection that that gives. So, I, by using that, I'm working on even just some short chips and just making sure the entire body turns through the chip. So that's a good one. Um, I like norms here. Have an eraser saying? on your pencil. <laughs> and then Rick followed up saying, or just a very short memory. There you go. Two good tips right there. There you go. Um, I, it's all part of it. Like I said, getting out there and having fun. That's it. One thing that I will say in talking to the whole idea of um, online uh, instructional content I also, I think there's a lot of great content being made out there, whether it be me and my golf, um, Rick Shields, Peter Finch, they all do some great stuff. I think a good idea too is kind of like with coaches is just to try to kind of pick one or two and, and stick with them rather than bounce around too much. One that I've really been big on late, Mike, lately, Mike, has been uh, Clay Ballard, Top Speed Golf. Okay. Um, there's just... Everybody kind of connects to different personalities and ways of learning differently. There's just a way that he seems to simplify things visually and verbally that connects well with me. Uh, if you guys haven't seen his YouTube channel, give it a try. Like I said, top speed golf. Um, 
he just goes through many of the things that we all struggle with, whether it be chipping or puring your irons or trying to get a little bit more distance out of your driver. And, and each one, he tries to focus on like one thing that you can do. Uh, and he's a tremendous golfer. I mean, just out there just bombing the ball, yeah. but uh, almost the almost making it look too easy. We had said when we first started Golficity, we said our one of our biggest pet peeves with online instruction was that oftentimes coming from a professional who knows how to do it, has spent their life doing it and can do it with such ease, it can turn into something that is a little bit almost want to say off-putting because it's just like, yeah, that's easy for you to say, which is largely why we do this. We exactly. want to be able to say it's not easy for us to do and we can't do it on demand, uh, but we can relate to the struggle of what's going to be hard about this. Mm -hmm. So whatever. But like I said, there is are times when, of course, it requires that professional's touch, uh, and and I think uh, Clay is is a good one. He's got a a good uh, Instagram too that you can follow with quick quick drills. But um, if you haven't yet discovered him, that would be my tip that I would throw in the ring here on this one. Um, let's see. <sighs> Here's a funny one. Rush Dog says not to down eight Moretti. After a round, it's a serious risk to golf and marriage. Yeah, that it is. Yeah, maybe you limit it to like one, one. <laughs> pint of your favorite beer <laughs> yeah. to celebrate the round and then <laughs> head That's out great. of there. Um, let's see. And, and here's another good one. Bradley um, Hydorn says, not as much of a tip, but envisioning the golf swing as a coil and uncoil. Rick Shields talks about this, he says, as opposed to intentional back and forth movements really help me feel rotation through my hips and shoulders better. It's true. I think even just the change sometimes in just the words, back and forth can kind of get you visualizing a little bit of the sway that we don't want. Right. So coil and uncoil, um, same thing, Clay Ballard. I remember one where he said, Think of it as though you're standing on top of a huge jam jar. You're standing on the cap and you're trying to unscrew and rescrew on the cap with just your, and, and that really does is it helps get that ground forces moving because you just think about the, 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 what your lower body is doing yeah. to move and unmove that. And that can be like a, a really good tip as well. Um, so a lot of good stuff out there. Like I said, I, I would, uh, I would, so highly suggest getting out there and, and 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 trying to discover some new new content out there um but again keeping with the the idea in mind that if we've talked about with many professionals on on the show here before there's certain things that do require that one-on-one -on -one instruction because oftentimes we we will search the internet for what we think is the problem um, but it's not ultimately the root cause and we end up doing more than we need. But for the fundamentals, there's a lot of good stuff out yeah, there. Absolutely. For sure. Um, okay. Want to, uh, dive into this topic of talking about how to get more of your putts rolling online. Um, so let's first, let's just do a quick word from our sponsors and then I want to jump into that one. All right, let's do it. So this episode is brought to you by ShotScope, guys. The ShotScope V3 is a stat tracking and laser light, laser light GPS watch. It tells you everything you want to know about your golf game. It's going to help you improve. It's going to give you that GPS you want right in your wrist, uh, but it's going to help you enjoy the game better. I mean, it really is. Um, you, you might be asking if you're new to the product, well, what's new about the V3 versus the V2 and even before that, the V1? Was it called the V1? 
Yes, the you want. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a new generation. It's smaller, sleeker. It's got color screen display, which I love. It, it, it looks almost like a, like an Apple Watch now, uh, size-wise. Uh, longer battery life. You can get two rounds a day and no problem with this thing. And interchangeable color brand, uh, bands. But here's the thing, guys. They're sold out. So yeah. you got to pre-order them now to get to get the next shipment, which is coming in October. It's two hundred and nineteen bucks, but you're getting all of that for two nineteen. Yeah, you're getting the stat tracking and the GPS. And Shotscope makes a G3 watch, which is just GPS only. If you don't want to mess around with stat tracking, it's not your thing, then they have something for you there. I'm not sure if they're sold out. Those still might be available, but check those out. Just said the V3 on the website was yeah. sold out. Uh, but check it out at shotscope.com. And they sold, out. they sold out for a reason. You know, they, they've been hugely popular. Yeah. Uh, just uh, only launched just, I, I think, about, what, two, three months ago and was sold out with within the launch offer time frame. But one thing, you can't talk about what's new with Shotsco V3 without talking about the new firmware. Yeah. So if you do have a Shotsco V3, make sure you update your firmware. There is a terrific new feature that the team just added, which will actually show on the watch face, will show which tag is currently being tagged. So if you've got a seven iron in your hand, you're gonna glance down at your watch, you're gonna see a seven iron. And what that does is it greatly helps with the accuracy of the shot tagging and tracking. So if if um, you guys want that visual feedback, go through, uh, you can do it right in your app, super easy to do. It'll prompt you to update your firmware, just tap update firmware, it'll download it to your watch and you're ready to go. Perfect, man. I gotta do that before Friday. Yeah, you do. I just haven't gotten around to do it. Do it, it man. It takes two seconds. I will do it tonight. Uh, And lastly, want to thank FootJoy. At FootJoy, they know something. You guys joke about me knowing a little bit about the turf. About the ground. The turf uh, knows who you are. They know Let's who put it that are. way. Yeah. But you know, the folks at FootJoy, they know a little something about the ground and its fickle nature. That's why FootJoy offers more styles for more players than any other shoe brand. I mean, you could take on every step, every condition, every lie with 100% confidence, whether it's the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and versatility of the Flex XP, the timeless styling of the Dry Joys Tour, which I haven't experienced yet. I haven't experienced those yet. Or a number of other shoes. FootJoy has a shoe that fits everyone's golf swing. So new to the FootJoy lineup this year's 2020 all new, uh, the Pro SLs that offer more stability, more traction, and more comfort. Uh, and they have their blacked out Pro SL carbons, which we're loving. And I always like to throw these up there. The uh, Coastals, which are pretty yeah. sweet. Coastals. Joy Coastals, which uh, I might work off in soon. I like them. Very comfortable. So guys, check them all out footjoy.com try to find the right shoe for your game fun fact my first ever new pair of golf shoes that i bought was a pair of dry joys that i bought uh going into my high i it was like as i was just getting on the high school team Mm -hmm. taking golf a little bit more seriously because i had even worn some hand-me-down shoes from my father you know just as i was trying to decide if i was getting into the game when i really made that commitment i had a pair of dry joys that I got for my birthday. There you go. Uh, what, they were they were pretty sick. Were they? they were white. Looked like a lot like the classic icon yeah. that you see that Justin Thomas wears. And I just remember, couldn't believe. I think it was my first also waterproof shoe. Nice. And I I would go step in a puddle and not, and and I would just be enamored with the fact that my sock wouldn't get wet. So dry <laughs> joys always hold a special place in my heart. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about getting those putts rolling online. And and this is something that obviously we don't need to tell you guys how important putting is for score. Um, but 
when we talk about getting it online, this is really the technique part of your putting. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. We talked before about the importance of pace and picking your line. But once you, you've got those two elements you know, in there and you've made a decision with pace and line – pace is really a field decision line as far as, you know, looking at the break and making a decision there. You've got to then execute. You've got to get the ball rolling on this line. I mean, there's one of the most frustrating things that happens to golfers is when you go out there and you you feel like you've picked a good line and you just don't roll it down that line. Mm. And you're just like, oh, I missed my spot. I missed my line, whatever it may be. Yep. It really is all about mastering, getting that that technique down that delivers the face of the club right to the, you know, to the back of the ball in the right position, hitting that sweet spot. You look at Tiger's putter, his famous putter with that worn out spot where, you know, he's hitting in the same spot because it doesn't take much to hit that ball a little bit off of the heel or the toe. And now it's not online or just like with any other club in your bag, you can have an open or closed club face. And now that's where you're pushing or pulling the ball off that line. So you want to really focus on those techniques that are going to deliver a square putter face to that ball on that sweet spot. Also with that sweet spot, that's where you're going to get the consistency. Ultimately, this is beyond line of pace mm -hmm. because when you start hitting it off that sweet spot, you are not transferring as much energy to the ball. So we've talked about before, you can deaden it by hitting it out off of the toe, something like that. So you may put the exact same distance-wise and force-wise swing on the ball with the putt and have it travel two very different distances just based on where it hits on that putter face. Makes sense. So mm -hmm. that's something to to be aware of as well. So distilling that down, what, what are some things you can do to make sure that you get that putt rolling online? This is, again, we're, we are going with the assumption that you've picked a line, okay? Because don't forget... I. It, it can be very easily mentally to kind of check out and, and and not, you know, really hone in on a good line and just kind of slap at the ball. So right. there's a mental side of this too, but assuming you've done that, what's the way you do that? Well, a big thing, and we've talked about this before, we talked about this uh, in a recent episode on putting where we talked about a little bit about pace because it controls that as well, keeping a steady head. Uh, holding your head steady, it's just so important with putting. Um, you start to move that head around and move, you know, swaying that head a little bit left to right or whatever it may be, what happens is the body often follows and you end up getting other parts of your body moving around. And really with putting, without a nice stable total foundation, you're introducing variables. Mm -hmm. Like any of these variables, it can be like, I liken it to like a full swing where if things are moving too much around, you're now starting to rely on too much timing. So right. for example, with any swing, you don't need it to be a putter. If you start to sway away from it, now you've got to get that timing where you sway back into the exact position you were in at the exact same time to deliver the club face of the ball the same way. Yeah. So if you look at some of these, these some of the best putters on tour, they are rock steady, man. They are right in their position, solid, and they're able to put a, a, a good, you know, repeatable swing, you know, putter swing on it each time. So a steady head can be one of those things. I, and I like this too because it's, rather than focusing on too many different areas, you can kind of focus on one thing. And if you realize if I can keep my head nice and steady, ultimately it's going to keep the rest of my body steady. Um, uh, one other thing that I've just recently kind of discovered, and 
originally Kevin Sprecher showed me this. I also learned a little bit about this reading Bad Hogan's book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to steady up your base, the head is, is great. I like to focus on a steady base for me, for my putting. And one way to do that, and you can just kind of like picture this, Mike, if you're just standing over the, over the ball and then just try to pinch your knees in just a little bit, nothing mm-hmm. crazy, and notice what it does for your overall stability. It is like cementing your lower body, that little bit. Um, Hogan talks about it on full swings and it, it's, uh, it's worked wonders for me there too. Um, but just that slight little, and, and try this when you get a chance, if you're driving, obviously don't do this don't right do this now, way. but, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, stand up, just kind of get into like whatever your putter stance is or whatever. And then just the slightest bit, I don't want to see knock knees, nothing crazy like that. Right. Just feel like you're kind of turning your knees in a little bit and just like pinching them a little bit and watch how much steadier your whole body feels from your hips down to your feet. Interesting. It, it, it really is a, a huge takeaway it's been for my golf game um another thing mike maintaining some soft hands uh it's often this is overlooked we talk a a lot about and all the time the importance of like a nice soft grip Mm -hmm. with a full swing and that allows the the you really generate a lot more power it's amazing how much stuff in golf is counterintuitive seriously you think when you want to really hit it you death grip it but that's not the reality i went uh golfing with my wife and daughter over the weekend and my wife doesn't play golf so this was her first round in like 10 years and I, I shouted out a lot. She was swinging like a cave. She was swinging like me. Swinging like a caveman. She was gripping the club hard. I said, when you step up to the ball, I want you to pretend that ball is a baby bird and you don't want to kill it. Yeah. You just want my seven-year-old's listening. That's why I put it in this way. You don't want to kill it. You just want to send it on its way. <laughs> and she started to hit the ball up into the air and further. Nice. So it's like, you know, soft hands, man. That's soft. I mean, yeah, we know. Like the importance of it, when you're making a full swing, if you don't have that... the a little bit loosening in your grip. The, the hands can't turn over. Right. You, you can't, you're actually restricting the power. But with a putt, if you're really, and this is why it's often harder to putt or do anything under pressure in the golf game, but to putt under pressure, because when we are under pressure in golf, we naturally start to grip it a little bit tighter, which is why I think with putting, as with any area, you got to do that pre-shot routine. Mm-hmm. And I think a good thing you can put into your pre-shot team is like a, just a, a deep breath and while you're doing that just a quick mental inventory of where you're at with the pressure yeah on everything and lo- that use that to loosen up your grip a bit so that soft hands is what's going to do it's going to allow you the club to kind of work the way it needs to work without like getting too stiff where you're just kind of almost slapping at the ball however there's a fine line for everything in fact, in my first playing lesson with Kevin Sprecher, he noticed my my putting grip was too soft. It can happen there. If you get too soft in the hands, sometimes then you start to introduce a little bit of wrist play. Mm-hmm. And wrist play can be a problem with, with putting as well, with putting technique. What he ultimately had me do was tape a um tape a, a T to the top of my draw of my um to the top of the handle of my putter and use that T to feedback push against my wrist. He ended up giving me a little forward wrist press, which didn't make me change anything with my grip. I was still able to grip it loosely, but by pressing it forward, it locked those those wrists in together. Uh, so okay. that was one thing. So I find that sometimes these two things go hand in hand, hand in hand. Yeah. Get that joke? I like that. Yeah. Like what you did there. But if you were to get a loose grip, sometimes you also get a little loose wrist. Right. So try to make sure you get, you're getting the looser grip without getting the looser wrist. But the softer hands will allow you to move that putter a little bit more freely 
you know, through through the ball. Uh, and you could try it on your next putting practice session. Everything we talk about here, use it in practice before you use it on the course. Uh, get a feel for it. Every adjustment's going to take a little bit of a feel. But yeah, this is where I get out there and loosen up that grip a little and see what it does. I was going to say, don't be like Frank and do a swing change during your Golficity virtual open round. <laughs> get it on the range first. But I totally agree with you. Totally. You're right. And and I yes, I wasn't changing my swing during the round. <laughs> I know. You were I, working on it. But you were right. I was trying to work on too much and I had only just started the swing change and tried to bring it out there. A great tip that um actually Riley Hamill, mm -hmm. who he's in the Facebook group, he does these great swing breakdowns for us now. So you can tag Riley and send him your swing. And he every Thursday he's doing a swing breakdown that we can all learn from. So it's one of your swings. But we all learn from it because we share common mistakes. Right. And he said, he's given me a couple things to work on when I'm practicing in my basement grind sessions. But he goes, but once you get to the course, Frank, he goes, pick one of those things to work on. Because mm -hmm. uh, my mind that day when we played that virtual open round was tied up in knots. I was thinking at least four different things during my swing. And he's like, listen, you, all these changes take time. Yeah. So focus on just one while you're out there. And then if the other things don't happen, they will eventually. You practice it at home and then bring it out there. Sure. So same with putting. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third tip would be um, use a square stance. Um, you know, it's it's not only the position of the putter is important to address, it's also the position of your body. Uh, similar to what we were talking about earlier with chipping, you could be... Uh, aligning yourself poorly yeah um look at that you can use uh, in your putting practice you can use those alignment sticks on the ground uh what does it look like and, and some guys i get it some guys like to open their stance up a little bit they can see they feel like they can see the line better um you can actually have open feet but still keep your shoulders and your hips square mm -hmm. uh, i think that's the big thing is are those shoulders really square on that ta target line so if if your stance is just even slightly accidentally open to that target line, it can really cause an error with where you put that that ball rolling. And think about the longer the putt, the less it needs to be off directionally. It can be only a couple degrees that makes a big change further down the right. line. So just being a slightly open or closed. So pay attention to that. How square are you? Um, hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. One of the guys we watch often on TV is Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. Tiger One of the does, best putters of all time. Right. And when Tiger gets up and he lines up a putt, He'll get his line, and then when he stands over the ball, his feet are closed. He'll get his line, and then he does the same thing every time, which is like a, a very quick jostle of the feet uh, and as he spreads them apart to get set. What is that? What is he doing there? Is he taking the feel out of his feet or what? Yeah, well, I mean, he's 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 solidifying his base for solidifying sure. The base. You're saying like where he starts with his feet are enclosed Sprecher a little bit? said this too, like jostling your feet them. a little just to yeah. like – you know, the, all those guys are, first of all, they're using all their senses when they read the greens, mm -hmm. they are feeling it with their feet. They're feeling whether it's, it's pitch forward, backwards, whatever, uh, tiger may be using that as a trigger to kind of like loosen up a little yep. bit. He's also stabilizing his base. Like we said before, keeping a nice stable foundation. Mm -hmm. So he may start with the, and I like this process of first lining the putter up, making sure that it's, it's square to the target line and then using that as your indicator to then line the rest of your body up from. Yep. So I, I do this even with full swings where I'll line that up and then I'll start my feet in and then widen them out, but making sure they stay on that same parallel foot yeah. toe line. Mm -hmm. He could be doing a similar thing there. Sure, sure. So, um, and then as far as this, this line rolling online, 
a key to this too is seeing that line clearly. Again, the longer the putt, the harder this can be to kind of transition your eyes and stuff back from it. So one thing that you can do is to pick a good intermediate target. So if you've got a long putt that's, you know, maybe a 30 or 40 footer, um, maybe just kind of drawing a line back and then picking a spot that's maybe five feet out mm -hmm. and rolling the ball over that rather than picking a spot that's way far out and trying to roll that over. That's an important one. I've been doing a, a lot of visualization lately where the last thing I do before I putt, and I know you're taking advice from somebody who's not putting well. I get that, okay? But it's it's a work in progress, and I feel like this is one thing that is helping me, is that almost like a reverse tracer, like the visualization of a tracer, mm -hmm. I will look at my line and then physically move my eyes back and then try to reverse trace that line over it visualizing a line there all the way to the ball and then i'll use that to pick that intermediate target about five feet out i like it and then putt for that so an intermediate target can be um really good and there's a lot of things out there i mean in nature that you can use it might be a little burn spot it might be just a discoloration or whatever it may be that you can use to pick that spot because think about it visually it's easier for us to putt a short five footer than it is the 30 footer because we're only visualizing a spot that's not as far away from us so that's part of it just kind of visualizing it where you can pretend the cup is there you can pretend something you want it to roll over but once you pick that use that spot to build out your stance yeah use that spot to do all this squaring up we talked about and then let the let the you know the pace kind of uh determine the rest after you roll over that spot for sure mm -hmm. but an intermediate spot can really help um and then another thing you can do is really during your practice sessions, practice your, your short putts because on short putts, things like pace and reading the break are less of a, uh, less of a factor on short putts line. Uh, put rolling the ball online is, is probably the most important thing mm -hmm. uh, because it's easier to get the pace down and a short putt, putt usually isn't going to break too much. We're talking about three, four footer. Uh, so th by practicing those, those can help yeah, I, you get online. I remember when we went to the PGA show and they had that virtual putting simulator where the line was on the ground for you showing yeah. you how it was going to break. And I still miss the putt, <laughs> you know, because of the pace. Because the pace, or did, did you roll it on that line? No. So then you're not getting the ball rolling on <laughs> there line. You go. Even more importantly than the go. pace. So that's something you can do. Um, I've I've seen there's some uh, a good training aids out there that'll just do a little chalk line, a temporary chalk line. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have fifty thousand dollars for a visualization, you know, whatever yeah. that was that projects it onto the putting surface mm -hmm. you can get a little chalk line snap that down and then say that's the read and then just say how well can i get rolling it on that line and if it's going off the line you know you're not rolling it online you've got to start working on some of these tips right um so practicing those short putts will help and also another tip that i'd say the jury is somewhat out on it really kind of depends on you have to experiment to see if it works with you works for you but you can aim the label of the ball um, we talked earlier about the Titleist Tour Speed. They've put some some really prominent arrows on it on the label because you you can use this alignment aid. Uh, otherwise, I've seen a lot of people even you see in the PGA Tour all the time. Tour professionals drawing that line 
on the ball yep. as their mark. Um, and then what they'll do is they'll stand behind it and they'll aim that line. That becomes their line. And then they just want to roll it right down that line. So the label can be a great tool. However, I would also caution you just making sure then that you are exacting and how you put that ball down on that line so that the line you pick matches the line that's on that yeah. ball. And um, I keep talking about Spreck, but uh, his, he, you know, the guy is full of, of amazing information. During our putting lesson with him, he talked about how he, his, he was kind of out on this, whether it was good or bad, because it really depends on your ability to put that ball down on that line. And to give you an idea, he said, Annika Sorenstam, mm-hmm. he said, he he had heard, legend has it, that her and her putting coach once worked for six hours on just putting the ball down on the line. Not even putting. Wow. She would just hit the coach and her would pick a line. Then she would practice going up to her ball marker, lining, laying that ball down on that line. And then they would assess, is it on the line or is it off? Pick it up, do it again, do it again. That was work today. Six yeah. hours of that. Jeez. But it just shows how it can yeah. be off. It can be. And it depends right. on how you read. That. And sometimes the way you look at your line when you're standing behind it versus when you're standing over it can be two different things. You've got to decide. Don't conflict it in your head. Yeah. Because yeah. I've done this before where I put it down. I think it's online. But then when I stand over it, I feel like that's not my line. And once you get conflicted, your mind gets confused mm-hmm. and you do the wrong thing. Right. So if you're going to do this, fully commit to it. But it can be a help as long as you can get it right. You got to make sure you're getting it right where you're laying that that down. But the the label of the ball, it's a it's probably the only, I guess, aid visual aid that we can really legally use out there on the golf course. Right. That's really it. Yeah. I mean, you can't take chalk out in the middle of a no, round. You can't, you can't do that. Can't chalk your line while you're out there. <laughs> but you can certainly do it in practice. Yep. So th- those would be our most important tips for, for getting that ball rolling online. Um, again, it, it really comes down to the grind and the practice you're willing to put into it. You, you just can't expect something to happen in this game. Nothing in this game is easy. You can't expect it to just happen the next time you go out. If it's something you're struggling with, get out and put some serious practice time in on it. You're absolutely right. And, and like anything else. Well, like you said, there's ways to find out that if it's something you're struggling with, if it is, or you've got a visual that you know what the line is, and then you're having trouble rolling it down that. Uh, another great one, we talked about it here before, and it's a good good way to start making sure you get that ball online, is to pick up a cheap yardstick, a wooden yardstick. Simple. You can get it at Home Depot, whatever. Lay the ball on the actual yardstick. And make it your goal to putt that ball so it starts on one end and rolls all the way off the other end before without falling off. It's almost like walking a tightrope, right? Like we call it walking the plank or something. Yeah. But I've done this practice before. I've done it in my office. I put one down. If it starts falling off one way or the other, you know you're not rolling that ball online for those first critical three feet. And that'll tell you something's off. And then you can apply some of these things that we were talking about here and try that same exercise again. Makes sense, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, putting is something I need to focus on. I know you said, and it's, it's, we been, all do. it's been feeling well, but when I lose the feel, like from week to week, I lose the feel. Look, you evidence know, of it that we're not, no, no one's perfect in this exactly. is, is Tiger. Yeah. He lost the feel at the PGA. And, he had uh, no it, shot because he had no putting. It yeah. hurt him. Right. Yeah. He was striking the ball really well. Right. So those are our tips. If you've got any of your own, make sure you guys drop them in the comments below. Uh, you can also tag us at Golficity on whatever your favorite social platform is. Or 
join our free Facebook group. Uh, it's a place where we can carry this conversation on after the show. And it's a great spot where you guys can give us some of your own feedback, some of the things that worked, some of the things that didn't. Love to hear about it. And we've got a very supportive group there uh, where if you're working on something, a lot of people jump in the conversation and say, hey, this worked for me, this didn't. Same thing we try to do here with the podcast every week. So that's everything we have for you guys. You can get to the show notes by going to golficity.com slash episode 338, or as always in the Golficity app, all of our episodes are there for free for Android or iOS. So make sure you check that out. We'll see everybody again next week. 